Welcome to the Legend of the Death Race podcast. I'm your host, Tony Matisse, and every week we share legends from past death racers on the courage, power, and wisdom it takes to conquer life's obstacles. All of us death racers aspire to inspire you to create a life past your limits. Today's legend follows the story of death racer Matt Waller, who has competed in five death races. Welcome to the show, Matt Waller. Hey, how you doing, Tony? Good, how you doing, man? It's been a long time. How's, how's life treating you? <laughs> it has been a while. Um, it's been going pretty good. It's been going uh, as life can be expected, right? Every, every, uh, every day is a new obstacle. Absolutely, every single day. So, why don't you tell us where you're from, where you live, what you do. God, how much time do you have? Um, from <laughs> Matthew Waller uh, from Macon, Georgia, uh, Middle Georgia area. Uh, what do I do? Have you been there your whole life? Um, I grew up in Griffin, which is a small town that's in between Macon and Atlanta. So it's maybe 45 minutes from here. It's a good enough distance from my mom who I could actually go visit her, but she's not at my house every day. Ah, okay. That's good. But the older we get, you know, the you more know. you actually want to be around them so the more, yeah it's, it's kind of weird you know the older you get the more you're like oh, i mean i call my parents all the time just because i'm so far now i feel you oh, yeah. so so um and what is it you do for a living why don't you share your occupation oh good lord um i've i've got a gym i teach at another gym uh i work for the athletic commission for the state of georgia so i oversee the cage fighting and the boxing um, I work security at the Centriplex and Auditorium for the big shows. Um, I recently stumbled across a new uh, position where I am a snake wrangler on movie sets. So I sit on the sidelines. If the snake comes onto the set, then they give me a call from there and they come remove the snake. Um, and I've got a Christmas tree farm. I'm trying to think, is there anything else? It probably is, but I don't know until I'm late. And so you don't you don't really do that much in your space. I've got a home space company too. <laughs> You got a what? I actually uh, do home inspections. I've got a home inspection company. So, so, so you keep a little busy and you, you like to dabble in a little bit of this and that. Um, definitely keeps me busy. Yes. It helps my ADD. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so you're like me a little bit with the ADD as well, huh? I think there's a, um, common, I think there's a commonality there with some, uh, at least a segment of the death racers that tend to be uh, a little bit more of that AD, ADD, ADHD special you gotta be doing something constantly. It's, <laughs> it's hard. And you know what? That was actually one of the harder things is when I had to stand at attention on one of the races and it was like an hour, an hour and a half, I think it was. And that was probably one of the harder things because your head just starts working and you're going, I need to be moving. need to be doing something. And so a lot of times something like that. Yeah. With, with ADD, yeah, it's, it gets rough. <laughs> there is definitely some challenges at the at the death release that that can uh make that a lot more challenging uh to deal with so um all right what's your athletic background uh what is it that maybe you 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 did growing up and that led to led to maybe a this death race uh experience God, i would i would think that i was actually your your average kid i didn't think that i did anything hugely athletic a lot of my friends were older, so I would, um, I had like this 75 pound huffy 12 speed bike from Walmart that I would ride over to their houses and just go hang out with them. Um, you know, Converse All Stars, and they all had, you know, the, the Cannondales and the Treks, and then we would all go out and ride 30 miles or whatever. And, uh, 
that kind of stuff. It, so there was a little bit of that. There was I did a little bit of mixed martial arts when I was growing up. Um, uh, I'm at, there was that, and then you you know you were, you did some partying also. So I mean it was it was an even balance to where it wasn't like I was this big jock in high school and you know played I never played any sports or anything. So that was. That was pretty much all I had really going into. Yeah, so so that's interesting. So sports weren't really a big thing. You weren't super athletic. And, you know, I've seen, you know, there's there's some death racers who have been super athletic. Some people don't, you know, reach it until they're a little bit older. You were just kind of in, in the middle doing some sports here and there and stuff, but nothing like full-time. Yeah. It wasn't any like, focus. I mean, no, I mean, I don't, I don't even watch sports today. I mean, I might watch the Twitter for France and that kind of stuff, uh, actually, because for cycling. And I still ride my bike now a lot, um, but uh, never really got into big sports or anything at all. So. so so, how did you discover the death race? How did that end up being something that you found? Lord, I did, um, I did an event. Uh, I, was, I was actually training with a, a police officer down in Macon, uh, here in Macon. Um, and we were, we were doing some grappling and stuff, and he turned to me and said, man, you need to go do this event. Um, and I, you know, what's the event about? And he said, uh, man, this is called warrior dash and they're jumping over fire and all this stuff. And it was just insane. It was the first one that ever came to Georgia, but he just kept saying, you know, you're crazy enough that you would do it. Uh, <laughs> and man, I did, I, I, I overtrained so hard for that. It was amazing. My mentality going into that. And then it wasn't chip timed. It wasn't anything. And I wound up doing like three or four laps that day. And it was just, what's going on? So then I started looking for what's the next biggest thing. Um, there were some other events. Uh, Tough Mudder came around. Um, and I was looking at world's toughest mudder. Um, this was the same time when Pac-Man went out there for the first time. Um, so we're talking like 2011, 2012, somewhere around there, I think, right? I, that's when my eyes first accidentally clicked on this thing that says, uh, it was on the internet. It was, you may die. And I was like, oh, what in the hell is that? So I looked at it, right? And it was this video. Um, and it, it looked, it was totally insane. It scared the total bejesus out of me. Um, I want to say it was like a $500 entry at the time. And you had to submit a video on why you should be allowed. I think it was VHS back then. <laughs> yeah, to sit a tape in, right? And to, to see if you had what it took to be accepted or not. And I was like, that's just stupid and crazy. Uh, it sounds like a waste of money. I would never do that in my life. Let's go back to this whole world's toughest mother thing. And never did that, actually. Um, sat back on that for a while. And then it was so weird because, you know, Death Race always kind of found me when I needed it. If that makes sense, it's really weird how it always kind of creeped up on me on weird times. Yeah, um, and it still actually does today. Does it? Right does now. it? Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, something something went through. I did a you know a bunch of races. You know, we were doing tough mutters back then. I had a season pass for like three fifty, and I was trying to get my money's worth out of that three fifty for a season pass. <laughs> man, those were the days. Um, those were the days, yeah. man. It was so cheap back oh, then. It was like the cost of doing like one or two, three races. You're like, man, as long as I do two, three races, yeah, I'm gonna, we, my money's worth. Let's do this. Let's go all in. We were just, you know, and I would do two laps on Saturday and one on Sunday. And, uh, you know, we'd chase it all around the southeast. And then 
I kept looking back at worlds. And then I started talking a bunch of smack um, between uh, my gym partner, Tanya. And uh, from my birthday, she actually, and I, I don't know what happened. I, I don't know what actually pulled the trigger for her. But for my birthday, she gave me a, uh, it was a ticket. It was a one-way ticket to death. <laughs> to the death. <laughs> uh, it was she's, such a, a she's such a good friend to you. It was in a plastic skull. I'll never forget that day she gave it to me at the gym in front of everybody else. Uh, I opened it up, and inside the cranium and everything of it was a plastic skull. It was one of those big ones, you know, that they, I guess it's like $7 uh, you get online, and you can open it up. It was, and inside of it had the ticket to, to Death Race. And I thought, it's, damn, it's time to put up a shut up here. That's it was awesome. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's how it started from there. <laughs> I love it. So you get your ticket to death race. And I think this was a winter death race, wasn't it? It was the winter death race. Um, the funny thing about that same skull, the very last one I did was the final death race, so to say. Um, and that was the one where we were supposed to bring our own skulls later on. And so I actually met with Johnny and everybody else and had the first skull where I actually got my ticket was my last skull also. And oh, cool. uh, Pete, Coleman, Pete Coleman and Johnny Waite directed that race. And uh, so I had them both sign off on it. So it was kind of cool how it kind of came full circle for me. Yes, that was, uh, it was a winter death race. And I always thought, you know, I do pretty good in cold. Um, Now, how did you you know that you did well in cold living in somewhere like Georgia your whole life? um, Because I didn't originally do well in cold. Okay. Uh, So I... uh, the tough mutters they had and they had some obstacles there that kind of messed me up a few times and i thought that's never it was a uh, arctic enema it was just a big dumpster full of ice and the first time i got at that at you know 7 30 or 8 o'clock in the morning it just it just blew my head out of the water and i thought okay i'm never that's never going to happen again so i would get in the shower every day um i mean it was like a why waste the, in your head you start thinking why waste the water i can go ahead and get the water now Instead of when the water adjusts in the shower to where it's cool and warm and neutralize it out, just go ahead and get the water once cold. You're doing two things at once. You're taking a shower and you're also adjusting and getting used to it being cold. And I thought, I can, I can do cold. Now, that being said, I had no idea. Um, my friends, we stayed at some friends in, uh, in Massachusetts uh, when I went up for winter, that first one. That was 2014. And uh, they kept saying the same thing. You're, you're, you have no idea the cold here is completely different than it is down in uh, Georgia. And I kept saying, I'm going to be fine. And I got up there. Uh, we stayed at their house for a while. You know, they had me outside running and uh, I probably stayed at their house about four days before death race. Okay. And, and, and literally the first thing I did was I you know, stayed in short. It was snow. It was snow all over the ground and everything. And I stayed in shorts as long as I possibly could. Um, just trying to make sure that I was fine with being cold because if you can yeah. do where on with the bare bone minimum, and then later on you you do have something like a jacket or an outer shell to put on, you know, then you do have those extra layers to build up. Say, okay, wait, I'm I'm gonna be all right. Um, and I, I mean, I did some research with some things, and um, but let me tell you, let me tell you about my first day at Death Race. Do you want to hear about my first day at Death Race? <laughs> I would love to hear about your first day at Death Race. Let me tell you about that. Please, story. please remind me about it. Yeah, so um, apparently there was some issues going on uh, in the town of Pittsville, Vermont, and there were going to be uh, uh, there was going to be a film crew there, but then they said you had to be 
had to sign some waiver. It was some kind of jargon that was going on on social media. Um, and you know how that fish will start spinning around in circles and people start talking. It was like you had to be an employee so you could be filmed. I can't remember how that was going crazy. Yeah. There, so I, if, if I recall, it was basically um, no longer was like – death race chopping wood like a thing because you know whatever reason they were you know having and so they were hiring people to make them employees for a day so that way they could chop wood but they also were signing a release part right something i had read prior that you had to there was some kind of something going on with the video team that you had to have something special signed or something like that i i can't remember what i read that day because i was it was it was like two weeks beforehand that was messing with my head I'm driving. I'm sorry. I'm in a car. I have left my friend's house in Massachusetts. I'm about halfway to uh, Amy Farms, where it's supposed to start. And uh, God, I remember. Holy shit! I forgot my driver's license. Oh no! Going, Which you I have to a, have. Had, you have to have something like that to turn into the beginning of the race. I had the. I had my timing perfect. As far as when I want to show up, uh, and you know, you don't want to show up at the very beginning. You don't show up at last. I was dead center perfect. I had it clocked out and everything. And there was a famous boxer who said, "Everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face." And that was <laughs> first punch in the face, right? First so, one, boom, right there to the left cheek. Turned around and hauled ass back to the Massachusetts to go pick up my driver's license and drive back. Oh, I pulled up at any farm. Oh no, I'm sorry, we got lost. We were driving down this uh, down this road. There's a beautiful river on the right hand side, and we're um, on the main drag that goes into Amy Farm supposedly. And I'm looking over and I'm thinking Damn, that I was really kind of hoping the river was going to be frozen solid, because I'm looking at water as we're getting there, going we're we're going in the water. And it was <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the video, right? So yeah, every, the clouds are spinning. Everything's going in my head, and. Uh, we made a wrong turn. I'm on the side of a mountain somewhere, ran across some lumberjacks up there cutting trees, and they were looking at me like I was an idiot. It was great. Um, <laughs> this is this is all prior to getting to Amy Farms. So finally, just getting to Amy Farms now, uh, I pull up, and I see mass hysteria going on. And I look over, and uh, I see some, some racers, and I'm like, okay, so what's going on up there? Like you're trying to get the inside information before you go up. And they said, oh, it's just, uh, you know, you're going to chop some wood real quick. Go in, just take your food, nutrition and uh, nutrition and water and go check in real quick. So I walk up and uh, I was going to fill out some paperwork. And I was like, I guess I was signing a waiver or something. And there was this guy who turned to me and uh, they looked at me funny and they kind of looked at me and they said, uh, what's going on? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, doing the race. And they said, uh, I swear to you the way they said it to me. This was this is probably like the fourth or fifth Mike Tyson punch that I've already taken out. They said, uh, you're doing death race. And it was the way Tony Matisse said it to me. (laughs) 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 But I was like, damn it, man, I need to just nobody else has really seen me. I can just get in the car right now and just go back. I mean, that's the level we were on at that point in time. So whether you and you swear that you never meant to do that to me on purpose, but, you know, I mean, at at the time, at the time, it's the death race. I was more than likely in in death race spirit and uh, was already fucking with you, probably. But uh, it was 
trust me, the way you said it, it was it was the way you said it. And I know I was hypersensitive at the time, um, but I just thought, Jesus Christ, just the way he said it to me is just horrible. I can't understand why he would uh he would have ever <laughs> said it like that. It was like, so then we started. I signed some paperwork uh, to be a, a laborer in Pistol, Vermont, and started chopping wood. And that's where uh, that's where it all started right there. I was out there chopping wood, and I swear to you, I think the wood in Pittsville, Vermont, is imported from hell. Um, they have a direct they have a direct uh, factory tie, and I think they just yeah, it just gets comes straight up straight up from hell. I've never seen sparks fly off of wood before. And, and you know what? And I actually did research on how to chop wood. I don't know a lot of people did that or not, but they, yeah. I did research on how to chop wood, and I'm sitting there trying to chop this wood. I'm going, shit, this is not working at all. <laughs> <laughs> you're just hitting it, and sparks are flying, and you're like, um, wait a minute. this Wait, huh? How does it that like, happen? <laughs> it was like 12 cords of wood later. That they they said okay now you're free to go uh, here's your and we got paid five dollars something like that and then you had to pay that registration fee back then, uh, it was a five dollar registration really, it was a nice little <laughs> cycle yeah <laughs> I was like damn it like, I just made five dollars and I have to give it back what is this that was it that was Perfect. it um so which death races did you compete in because you you did five of them so which ones. So I did um, 2014, winter. 2014 winter. I came up and crewed for summer directly mm-hmm. after. Okay. Uh, then I did team, which was Johnny Waite. Mm-hmm. Then I did uh, the second Mexico. Yep. Then I did um, the next winter one. And then I did um, the final death race, that summer death race. That's where the coffin was there, and yeah, the coffin. That was a the the whole was, life, the whole the life cycle. That was a really fun one. I don't know. You know, it's funny because I've always said um, I tell people left and right that um that I grew up in Pittsfield. Okay, I grew up in Georgia. I was born in Georgia, and I but you know it, it's it's funny because you know you you had a team of people up there that put you through so much that you discovered so many things about yourself that it's almost like uh, scratching a lottery ticket that you had no idea you were sitting on all this time. And here you've got, you know, the, the yin and yang of Joe and Andy, um, who is an incredible team right there. And you've got Peter on the sidelines who's just, you know, put you through everything as well. And, you know, all those people are like father figures to everyone who was in that race. It was going on. I mean, they put so much effort into it and they created such a demonic event that if you got through the other side, you were born again. That was every, every one of them was like that for me. The problem was, you know, I did the first one. It was 2014. Um, and I swear to you throughout that event, I kept thinking, do you know who Chris Rice is? Mm-hmm. So we were doing laps up and down. Uh, that was one of the first things we were doing. With that, we had a seventy-pound sand tube, and we're going up and down Joe's Mountain, and we're checking at the top and coming back down. And I'm going up my first time, and I'm carrying that sand tube, and Chris Rice comes running past me, and he says, uh, "I think we missed a turn." 
And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about, dude? And he said, uh, well, this is my second lap, and I haven't even gotten to the top yet. And uh, I started thinking, I'm completely out of my element. This dude is, this is a, he's on his second lap. I haven't made it to the summit once. Right. Um, phenomenal guy. And then, you know, you, you look at it going, okay, you know, and I was there, I, you know, I heard Mark Jones uh, talking uh, on his interview about the, the showdown between him and Ryan. And I was there to witness that also. I didn't know who Ryan was. Um, yeah. I, I, didn't know who, I didn't really know who Mark Jones was at the time. You know, I knew of people like Mark Webb, uh, Pete Coleman, and those guys. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For, my, I'm thinking, just stay close to them. You know, when, when I was doing century rides and um, all kinds of cycling, I, would, I was really good about putting laser focus on a guy and just never letting him out of my sight no matter what I had to do. And, and almost, you know, ready to die on the sidelines to keep him within my vision. So I was doing the same thing with, with Mark Webb and those guys. Mm, that's a whole different ballgame. Um, we'll go back to that in a second. Fast forward. Chris Rice is blowing me out of the water, and I'm thinking, I'm completely out of my element. So then we did this huge hike to Sable. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is, this is we've done ballet. We're, doing, we're going here. We're going to do this hike to Sable. And uh, that was what I said. Let's lock in on, on Mark Webb. Keep him within my eyesight at all times. We might have gotten past uh, the brown trail going up on the sidelines, and everybody's headlamps started going fading off in the distance. And I'm sitting there going, "God, now I really hope I just remember the directions." Because <laughs> the mentality I had when I was younger, trying to lock people in and stay with them, is gone now. So, and those were all horses. I mean, that that year I watched some amazing stuff happen. But I want to I want to finish in the middle of the pack. Um, I remember putting the puzzle together at the top with Norm, and when he said "Good job, you're done," I I was I can't like I was crying all the way. I, I was it was finished at the top, but you still have to get down the side of the mountain. And I was I remember crying all the way down the side of that mountain, going thinking, "Oh my God, I cannot I cannot believe that I actually you know this is where we are now." And and then mentally you start going. I swear to God, if I get down to the bottom and there's something else going on. <laughs> <laughs> right. I remember that. That one finished at the top of the mountain. Everyone got their skulls. It was pretty, it was really, really epic, uh, epic morning. And there was a few of you that were worried about like, are we going to go down here and like find out we're still not done? And thankfully that was the end for you guys. And you guys had succeeded. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, that was, that was before I knew who Norm was too. That was, yeah. uh, like I said, there was just a few people that I knew of. Um, I, I think the, probably the worst part was that you're in a room doing ballet and Joe comes walking in. If Joe's calling your name out, that's a bad thing. Yeah. So that was one of my strategies the entire time uh, out of all the races I did was to never let him know who I am and try to hide. From, you know, People walk up to Joe and they're starstruck, I think, at the very beginning. They want to be around and that kind of stuff. But that's not – at a Spartan sprint, yes. Um Oh my God, Joe! Will you sign this for me? Um, never at a death race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a death race. It's like, um, okay, how do I now hide myself? Yes, and that's yeah. that's what I did my best uh, trying to do was just to kind of stay away from everybody, um, just kind of blend in as much as possible. Don't stick out. It's a good. It's a good strategy. It really is. Uh, so, you know. Um, what was it that you, you competed in all these death races? What was your why? Why did you want to do this? Like, what was your driving factor? 
You know, I, this is where it's going to get really bad. Um, do you, you know, I I think everybody has a little bit of demon kind of dancing going on in their head a little bit, and mine were really, mine were really dancing really hard probably the year before that. Um, just really, it was some, you know, some internal issues I had going on. Um, and so I, you know, I wound up, you know, my dad died when I was uh, about 21. Um, and it was one of those things where uh, I just needed something. I needed something to kind of to push me a little further. I needed something just to just to feel alive again, I guess. Um, and like I said, death race somehow always finds me when I need it. Um, and so it it really was. It, I had kind of looked at it like it was a one way trip. You know, whatever happens happens, and we're gonna blow the engine if we have to, and I'll go all out and. Um, We'll see, you know, how far we can push it, and you know, if the engine blows, it blows, and that's great. Um, you know, that a lot of people don't know this, but uh, every every endurance event that I go to, I always carry my dad's ashes with me. Um, I've got a little lanyard around my neck, and um, that cry down the side of that mountain on the first one, that was, you know, I was holding his ashes all the way down the mountain, and it was, it was, you know, you're kind of going, you know, damn. <laughs> um, you know, I really hope you're proud of me, you know, I, and I, all, all the way down, you're thinking, and I'm saying it out loud, you know, you know, we made it, we made it, we made it kind of deal. Yeah. And so it was, <laughs> that was pretty much it. Um, and I, and wow. I have found that out to be with a, a lot of, uh, other racers that after like the first or second race, it was after, it was after team death race. I started contacting other racers and I, and there were a few of them that I reached out to and I just said, Hey, um, do you have a lot of demons in your head and that kind of stuff? Um, and uh, the outcome of what I found um, just from reaching out to certain people was there were, there were two kind of racers. Um, and, I, and I have said this for years now. Um, there are those that are there for, you know, we call them peacocks. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm here for the medal and, you know, to prove to everybody else that I'm legit and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they, and that's great. I mean, you're off the couch, you're doing something. And then there are other ones who use uh, something like death race to find a way to, to, to partner up with their demons and dance with them for a little while and, and find a way to kind of neutralize them out, even if it's for a short time. Um, yeah. Yeah. That those, those are the two different ways. And it's, you know, somebody who has a lot of things going on in their head, they've got to go out somewhere. And I, I don't know if you coined the term, but I've heard it a long time ago. I heard you say it and I have used it multiple times and I have given you credit for it every time. But the term pancation um, was something that mm -hmm. was, uh, and it, that's exactly what it is. While you're out there, you're not, you're not thinking about anything. I'm not thinking about any bills. I'm not thinking about uh, you know, problems that I had last week. Or I'm thinking about, damn it, man, what, what do they have next you're going to throw at me? And everything is literally five inches in front of your face. And you're just thinking, can I get through this at this point? Can I get through, what's, what are they going to have next going on? And the very first one, I was out. I was trying my best to outthink the race and versus let the race just do what it, do what it does. Right. Um, you know, I, they had us up there. We were doing ballet. I was hiding my clothes downstairs because we were all the way down to our underwear and bed. I was hiding my clothes downstairs in little spots because I knew they were going to take away our clothes from us. Well, they didn't. Right. So here I am now trying to find where the hell did I put my clothes? Uh, so there were things like that. I, I learned so much about myself on that one. And then we did team and team was an amazing event. It was very spiritual for me. 
in that form because Johnny Waite, uh, Johnny Love, that dude ran that race, um, and it was phenomenal. Uh, he he really got in your head in a positive way. At the very beginning, you're thinking, okay, this is this guy's crazy. The stuff he has is thinking about and saying, and you know, we had to re- recite all these points, and it was. Um, it was all about everything you were reading. This was about death. It was um, when you die, you'll become what you were before you were born. What? And and but you would have to go down and do a task and then come back up and recite these things. And then you start realizing, wait a minute, he's not talking about you're going to die, you're going to die and beating your head. He's saying once you can succumb to the fact that you are going to die, we all have a date. Then you can actually start relaxing and living. Um, and, and, you know, I, I've seen this statement before, you know, if you could do anything and not fail, what would you do? Yeah. Starts getting in that area. Uh, Johnny really pro reprogrammed things in my head a little bit and, uh, great guy. If you know, people who are listening to this are probably, I would probably say already know who he is. Um, yeah, most people probably know Johnny Waite, but if you don't, if you don't know Johnny Waite, we'll have him on the show. Eventually he is a legend and, uh, he really, really has this just this amazing outlook on life and this way of just portraying things in such a way that makes you kind of just like reflect and really, really appreciate life, right? He'll piss you off. Yeah. He'll piss you off because think about this. And Johnny, I love you. But I made the statement about two weeks ago. Who has the perfect divorce like Johnny? He marries her, they get a divorce, and they're all their best friends. And they're just uh, hanging out left and right all the time together. And it's like, this dude's amazing. Like, I want to marry him. <laughs> I, you know, Johnny's he's an incredible, yeah, he's a really incredible human. And he is. And you know what? He really, he whether he knows or not, he changed me a lot today. Um, yeah. I, I'm glad he was not at my first death race, that, um, that he actually took the team one. Um, because there would have been so much of a mixture of things that were going on on the first one for me that I wouldn't have been able to soak in, you know, the the yin yang with uh, Andy and and Joe and Peter, and then you just had Johnny on the next one, and it was that he he really did some good stuff. Um, yeah. So then I did that one, and then what was the next one I did? It was uh, Mexico. You were in Mexico. Yep. Yep. That was uh. That was definitely, yeah, that was, that's when Shane and I really, so, you know, Shane Ellison, he, uh, that's the team Shake and Bake. Shake and Bake. We were on team death races together. Uh, We were plan C because this is when the breakup was going on. And so, so many people were going different ways and pulling out and everything else. And, you know, I had signed up to a race and I don't know what was going on, but, you know, I was going to go and. When I first met Shane, I met him online, and I couldn't stand him. Um, he got on my <laughs> nerves so much because he could finish my sentences. And it was just like, I hate this guy. <laughs> I can't wait to be in the woods with him forever and just you know go from there. Um, we did team together, um, and then we went to Mexico. And you know, you, you always it's always good to have a battle buddy somewhere. And uh, Shane and I really, really clicked really good in uh, in Mexico to the point where we almost got into a fight at the end because 
he wasn't we were crawling back through this tunnel it was not the tunnel it was like a concrete trough of i don't know what was i don't want to even know we were it was, in mexico it was kind of like some sort of like a drainage system fluid. irrigation kind of system. yeah yeah call it what you want to call it <laughs> but shane my wrist was hurting really bad and i was i was smoked and we had like a timeline we had to get through there get back cook our fish eat our fish and then we were done and uh Shane beat me through it and then turned around and was calling for me to hurry up, hurry up. And I yelled at him, you got to go. You know, it was, it was like, you know, in the military, you know, like <laughs> the, the plane's leaving, somebody's got to go. And, uh, he looked at me and I just kept yelling. If you do, and I said, it. I said, if you do not go and leave me right now, I'm never going to talk to you again. And we both, you know, <laughs> you know, looking back at it, it was like, we were both mentally out of it. And, uh, you know, he's upset. I'm upset, and and I was sprinting back in, and you know, I was able to get my fish and cook everything at the last minute, and, and made it. I probably had 38 seconds or something like that left, um, but I made the time hack, and it was, it was like that Bonnie moment where it was like, dude, I cannot believe you almost left me. Well, you told me to leave you, and it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was a that was definitely a good one there. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing again about some of your demons that you dealt with. How old were you when you did the first death race? Oh, man. Um, so it was 2014. Uh, I'm 31 now. So what, I was like 12? <laughs> the math. Um, okay. Let me see. I was, probably, I was probably 39, 40, right in that area. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, you your your demons that you had, you've you'd been holding on to them for probably a long time, swirling around in your head, and so the death race really did a lot to bring them up and gave you a good place, a good platform to great outlet to battle them. Yeah, it's a uh, it was definitely a great outlet for me, and and, and just you know, I, it was so funny because what what happened with that was you had you know, you found the like you said the platform and your you're really dealing with that. Um, it's amazing if you can, if you can lie found personally, that if I can focus with them and, and get them on my side for a little while, we can push through some crazy things together. And it's amazing. Now, later on, I discovered I quit going to death race to play with the demons. I was going to play with this amazing new family that I found who were endurance family uh, that I met in the woods. And so, you know, I was going to go hang out with Patrick Meese and I was going to go hang out with Chris Rice and I want to go hang out with these people. And just it wasn't even about going to the race anymore and, and playing with the demons. It was about, guys, let's all go hang out and have some fun out in the woods. And it's, <laughs> it's kind of it's funny how that happens. Right. I, I, you know, I can fully relate. The first year was definitely a lot of demon battling. Even the second year for me was a little bit of it. But but by that third year, it was just like, this is home. It's a second home. It's these people that I'm looking forward to go see and just have a blast in the woods with for, you know, some stupid amount of time without sleep. <laughs> it's funny because, uh, you know, Andy Hardy and I uh, did the first one together. Um, yeah. We had to have a teammate. Um, we both went to go help up with the resurrection when they brought it back. And uh, we probably got in um, Pittsfield, I'd probably say, 9 30 10 o'clock at night and the first thing we did was you know we checked in um with the directors and who were over at the, the white barn and we talked to them and they said uh okay well you know they're they're hiking over 
uh, Blood Root gonna be back in a little bit. And I, I said, uh, I looked at Andy and I was like, I'm going to Shrek's. You know, I've got downtime. I, I'm gonna go play in the woods and just have my own downtime and go do my thing. And that was, it was so cool just to go up there and I watched the sun rise up that morning from Shrek's. And it was, it is, it's a second home. It's one of those things where, you know, the memories you have sitting right there in front of this this stupid cabin on top of this small small mountain, <laughs> small cabin on top of the mountain, and it's just everything starts you know going through your head a little bit, and you'll start reflecting back to you know this happened there, and I remember that's happened. You're just kind of in your head, you're just like a kid in a toy store again. And it's just pulling everything back up. So yeah, that was it, it's always been a good time. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. It's 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 definitely done so much good for us. So um, speaking of some of the you know crazy fun things that have happened out there, I guess what was um what was one of the crazier things that they made you to do, or the the more interesting things that they made you do during all your death races? Just, you can just pick one from and tell us which race it's from. Just one? Good lord. <laughs> I could, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you can probably come up with a couple, but like, let's go with like the, you know, the top, your favorite. Um, I would probably say uh, Mexico. Mexico was pretty out there. Um, I remember. Uh, hey, we're like two hours outside of Mexico City, right? Yeah, um, they dropped us off at. I want to say it was just at 10,000 feet of elevation, um, and then they started pushing us up this hike, and I want to say it was within three and a half miles. We were just under 15 feet of elevation, 15,000. Yeah, 15, 15, yeah. Um, and this is on uh, Popocatépetl, which is a volcano in Mexico. Yes. Um, yes. A very active volcano in Mexico, one that has erupted Seven days a after. lot of times, a lot of times since, specifically within a couple of days after we were there. But that God. freaking volcano has gone off so many times ever since we left it. I'm just like... I think I think we woke it. I think we made it angry. I think we might have to go back and like do some sort of peace offering because that volcano just keeps going off ever since we were on it. Well, I, we got to the spot and uh, we were we were supposed to be kind of like a team a little bit, and they had broken us up in teams. And uh, I remember going up to Mark Jones, who was actually leading that section of it. And you, know, you guys are horrible as race directors. You don't want to let any weakness be seen. And so um, I turned to Mark and I said, hey, I know this would be a team right now. Um, I got a dude who's on my team who's nauseous, uh, having problems breathing, can't hold anything down, um, extremely dizzy. I said, he's definitely going through altitude sickness. Um, what do I need to tell him? Can he just push through this or what? And Mark at the time says, tell him just to ride it and you know, whatever happens, happens. We're good to go. Afterwards. Uh, we finish up, we have a big festival, uh, and then I'm eating with Mark and a few others at a restaurant after the entire event. And I turned to Mark and I said, Hey, I'm just gonna let you know. Um, it was total bullshit. I was talking about me. Um, I didn't want you to know that I was the one that was about to throw up all of your shoes when I was talking to you. And, and Mark says, everything you were describing, I was going through also, but as the race director, I couldn't let you know that. So we were both standing there about to puke on each other. <laughs> and neither one of us were going to show our cards. Right. So, and that's the thing. You're at, you're at elevation. You're in this situation where you're like, all right, I think I need to, um, I need to try to pretend like I got this shit together. <laughs> oh, and with all I, those I remember I had just like a tiny, I remember I had like a tiny little headache starting in like the back of my head. And I just remember it starting to creep and I was like, it'll go away. 
it'll go away. We'll be fine. It'll go away. And, and sure enough, as soon as we started descending, it, it went away really quickly. But I felt it creeping. And that was thankfully all I had. I didn't have too much of the nausea that some people had up there. But uh, it was we were up there. We were, in the, we were we were up in the clouds. Oh, it was that was rough. But even descending off of that, you would hear, you know, through the woods, you would hear someone scream and the EMTs would yell, everybody get down. And we would duck and they would go see who fell. And, you know, people were falling left and right off of that deal. And so it was, it was amazing. It was like, it was, it was legit. There was that one. And uh, there's some, there's some other things that, that happened on other races that were pretty sketchy. Johnny had us climbing a tree one time with a small piece of rope that I thought something's going to break here. <laughs> <laughs> Either I'm breaking, the tree's breaking or the rope's breaking. Either way, yeah. this is something's breaking. Oh my God! Uh, and barefoot, it, it, oh, blood route. That was like thirty-three uh, miles. Barefoot, barefoot up a blood, uh, blood route for thirty miles. That was uh, that was ridiculous. Yeah, you can say that there was. There's been a few things that you've you've had to to overcome. So let's go back to your training. How did you train for this? Uh, you said you own some gyms, so I'm, I'm guessing that plays into to some of it. How did you train? Um, your, you know what? Your I first death I, race, and then for succeeding ones after you figured it out. So, um, you know, I, I, Pete Coleman, um, was the only guy that I knew that I had access to who had done uh, death race and had, uh, succeeded quite a while. Crazy Pete. That dude, um, he, I consider him my uncle. I see him once a year at, uh, Peachtree Road Race. And, um, so. Pete's great. He, what's that? Pete's great. Pete's great. Oh, yes. Oh, and. If have anyone help you out, he he's definitely a great guy. So we used to we did a um, I did a couple of other events, uh, small rucking events, that kind of stuff around. But the goal was uh, to pick Pete's brain. So I was trying to do it real sly. So we did an event. Um, it was kind of self created uh, within a small group, and it was summit to summit. So we hiked um, from Kennesaw Mountain to Stone Mountain overnight, which is about thirty eight miles. Um, fully loaded with weight and uh the entire time it was cold and uh i would try to pick his brain as far as what you know what do you eat and you know the famous where do you go to the bathroom in the woods it was, it was, where, where do you go and so um it was we were i was picking his brain left and right trying to find out information and uh he gave me a lot of good tips, a lot of good pointers and stuff as far as food and everything else. I was researching, you know, what what to eat. And he was like, dude, just eat what you crave. If you're eating, if you want a Snickers bar, eat a Snickers bar. Um, you know, it didn't get anything crazy. Um, you know, some people have this regimen they're going to try to stick to. Uh, we're bringing in pizza and sandwiches and chocolate. And we're just going to ride the sugar rush. Um, so I did that. And then I did, uh, you know, you would do gear checks. I would go out and do... Uh, this is an overnight hike, and I would tell people, this is where I'm going to go. This is what I'm going to do. If anyone wants to jump in from the gym and meet me anywhere along the way, you know, feel free. Um, and I had people I'd text all night long, and I would just go out and do like a, a hike all night long until basically you're just you're just grinding out and hurting. Um, then, you know, you'd work on some cardio. You'd work on carrying heavier things. You'd work on you know, how long can you do this for. And it was – you. it was weird because of the fact that there was a generation before us that went through – uh death race and that graduating class we were able to get some information from as far as uh learn some things from their mistakes or or gear and that kind of stuff but then um it was not all out there like it is now i mean it's it's 
it's easy this podcast to, like you know the the blog there's been so many things <laughs> that I, uh, myself and others have put out there and now there's just a lot more information than there used to be that's absolutely well, true mean, i teach a seminar on it you know i do it uh once a year on how to how to work through endurance events because i want to be able to give back to you know i don't want you going to an endurance event and not making it because you brought cotton socks right you you're that's not silly. ever like, just silly mistakes experience. to make. Yeah. Yeah. That's silly um, mistake and a stupid reason to get taken out of an event. That's, you know, you might actually be really good at. So we would go it's like stone mountain and we would do laps up and down the mountain. We would do it for time. Um, and it, it really did actually simulate a lot of Shreks. You know, you would go up the mountain and then you would run as fast as possible back down, turn around, just go do it again. Um, yep. which is one of the beautiful things when you're in Vermont watching at night, it's, it's amazing to watch that if you're ever crewing or anything up there to watch the headlamps you can see them slowly going up and it's like a parachute pull the cord and they're just jumping and they're running back down yeah if you were timing it like i was getting up the top of there about 35 minutes it was taking me about nine minutes to get back down you're just going full speed in the snow and just screaming get out of the way <laughs> yep yep and it's pretty That's incredible amazing. going up and down there so <laughs> you did a lot. You did a lot of different things to train um, and to prepare. It sounds like. Um, oh, you have to. I mean, there's there's no way to say. I mean, because you're training for the unknown. So yeah. And speaking of the unknown, you know, a lot of people fear the unknown. What fears did you have going into this? <sighs> you know, the first one, the only fear I had was not not getting in there deep enough into the race um i was worried about i was worried about getting cut it was in my head so much about getting cut um if i'm going to be the last one coming in or the last five coming in to check in they're going to cut the last five or they're it was constantly i felt i was on the bubble the entire time from that um after a while i realized that i was in the middle of the, of the pack and everything kind of felt good um I, I don't think i really had any kind of major fear because it, it was kind of like I was I was there for the beat down and I was I didn't I didn't really feel a fear on that one. Um, That's cool. It I don't know it was. It was more just eight, I don't want I don't want I don't want to cut I don't want to miss out I want to like be a yes. part of this as much as I can. Well, and maybe the fear was to find out how much further you can actually go and how lazy you've been all your life because you're looking at it going wait a minute you, know, you, you just got the scratch card right you yeah. just found out. Um, you're capable of way much more physically and mentally that, uh, than you, what you thought you were. So you know, that was, <laughs> it's pretty great. What did you, um, what did you eat? You know, we, you, you said that you did some training and Pete told you just to eat whatever you crave. So what did you crave? What did you eat when you were out there? What was like so, some of your go-tos? Oh man, chocolate. I, it was like, a. You know, Lance Armstrong was really big about being a hummingbird. He said everything he did was fast. Um, and so that's what you did. I mean, I constantly was running around um, eating anything and everything with sugar in it. Um, every now and then you would get like a nice hot meal. Uh, on the first one, you know, good Lord, if they gave you soup. You know, I had a, I had a great crew up there. She did rebuild me completely. Um, I, I would walk down there. And of course, you're never hungry. You're never mentally going, I, I need to get a sandwich in real quick or whatever. Um you know, you're nibbling along the way, but you're you're so focused on the task at hand that, you know, th there are things that I've done since then that revamped my entire endurance game that made it so much easier for me. But 
you know, back then you were going, okay, I've got this piece of chocolate in the back of my pack and I can't, where is it? Let me think about it. And, but you, you were, I mean, you were eating gummy worms. I remember gummy worms saved me a couple of times. Um, <laughs> it's just a sugar rush. It was uh, chocolate. Um, if you got a sandwich from the general store, your crew got that for you and you had a hot sandwich when you came in. That was like the most amazing. It, it could be the most amazing meal in the world because you're just going, oh, my God, wait a minute. This is great. But right. There were many times that I had to have – they would have to tell me, you've got to eat something. You've got to eat something because you start just going – you don't realize you're going to bonk. No, you don't. You don't. You're just going and you forget sometimes about the fact that you need to fuel. And that's, I mean, that's, I think half the battle is fueling. If you're not eating enough, you like, of it is too late. You know, I, um, um, you said I you learned now. some things. So like, what are some of the things that you learned that you do now that you, you didn't do then? Well, that's, that's one of the things I teach at the seminar is, uh, Patrick Meese, fanny pack. Fanny pack is king for food. You know, yes. You're never going to eat if it's in your backpack. No, because it's too hard to get it off. You don't want to ever take that pack off because you know how excruciating it is to put it back on. You need that pla- you need that food accessible. Pockets, fanny packs, some sort of waist belt that has a zipper in it. You need all the pockets you can have to stash food everywhere. And anytime you actually do stop, you really reload those spots. Yes. Yeah. That's that's the, that's your opportunity. You Got to take advantage of it. Andy used to talk about that he could. Um, he could actually turn his pack completely around and, and put it on his chest and work out of his pack as he was going. Mm-hmm. That's just way too much work for me also. It's a lot of work. I've, I've done it. Fanny pack, I'm good to go. Fanny packs are nice. I've yes. become a big fan of the fanny pack. Fanny I, remember, packs, I, I, had a, I had a Molly attachment to my hip belt. So like it was like having a fanny pack almost. You know, it, was, it was right on my hip belt, and I was able to quickly put some food and stuff in there. And it was always my yummies and gummies and chewies and lickies and stickies and all those yeah. things, all that good stuff. That, and you, you, know, you start holding yourself accountable on any stop you have to make. You, know, you, can, you can do sprints up and down Joe's Mountain, but after a while, it's going to start wearing and tearing on you. And I knew where the stops were. Like there's a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, with a, a Spartan logo on it. There's a there's a Hercules hoist out here. Okay, I'm going to stop at those spots. Those are my stop spots, and I've got to hold myself accountable then to get up, you know, 30 seconds later or a minute later, whatever I've timed myself to do. My break is over. I've got to go. And if you can't do that, then you you start going to the hole quick. And yeah. Stay away from everybody who's negative. Yeah. <laughs> Negativity <laughs> Negativity just it just bruise and just starts to just bubble oh. over and it's just it's bad it's bad you want to stay away from that one and just be a mole and just walk yeah. around and just talk next the entire time to see how- <laughs> see how much chaos you can create so oh, during oh, yeah. during all of these like you, you, you ate a lot of sugar and stuff i'm sure that's what mostly kept you kept you awake so um but you're staying awake for all these hours and oftentimes many of us have seen some seen some shit out there we've seen some hallucinations did you see anything? Did you have any hallucinations in any of your death races? Uh, I would say almost every one of them. The very first one, I had no clue. Um, I was talking to a, a Green Beret guy beforehand. And I said, hey, man, here's the deal. I'm going on this event. Um, everybody said I need to talk to him. His name's Steve Head. This guy, uh, Special Forces Green Beret, and I reached out to him. And he was like, oh, man, you're going to see gremlins and blah, blah, blah. And, he's, and I was like, okay, you're already freaking me out. Don't tell me anymore. <laughs> So towards the last uh, of the first death race, um, you know, it was snowing. And I remember, I remember, and I've told people this left and right is great. I was walking up the side of the, the mountain. I was going back and forth up to Shrek's back and down. And I had gotten completely lost. 
and I looked down in the snow and someone had footprints and the bottom of their shoe had left a footprint in the snow that says, I heart mom. And I thought, Jesus, I got to find who's got those shoes. Those are the coolest shoes in the world. Those shoes do not exist. That was a total fabrication that happened in my head. Um, <laughs> something was chasing me on the sidelines. Um, and I'm, well, you were in Vermont. That could have maybe happened. I don't know. Um, I mean, every time we would see something, but you know, the, the, the final death race where they were uh, killing it, Shane and I were doing laps, and it was a one-mile lap, and I think I had like 108 pounds in my pack, and we just kept doing these laps over and over again. And Shane and I were playing a game of you know, cat and mouse, and you know, after so many times, you know that, okay, here I, I'm coming into sleep deprivation. Um, here it comes. And once you've gotten used to it enough, you know it's supposed to be fun. And so Shane was going in about the same time. We literally sat down for like 20 minutes, and we just had an argument laughing about he was seeing a drive-in movie theater, and I was seeing a cabin, and it was vice versa. But we just sat there just you know, living up and laughing about it. Now, <laughs> it was – I mean, so you – the first time it's going to scare the hell out of you. Um, because well, like you don't, you don't realize that you're hallucinating at first. Like It's that whole yes. like process of like, oh, wait. Oh, this is a hallucination. Oh, shit. Like, <laughs> what's going on? Uh, but then, you know, once you once you have gotten accustomed to it, like, and you'll know about the timeline, like, okay, here it comes. Is everybody ready? Uh, and you, you, if you find around positive people, y'all can have a great time. I yeah, mean, I mean, you're <laughs> like, hey, I'm 40, I'm 40 hours in, and I'm starting to see some shit, and hey, what do yeah. you see? And it's like, you, you yeah. can totally have fun with it, or, or you can let it, like, freak you out. I mean, it's your choice. That was exactly it. And it, really what it came down to is we learned, you know, that it was coming, and we knew, let's have fun with it, so... Yeah, that was a. Uh, I saw I saw something almost in every race. <laughs> you got you gotta love that. Um, so, you know, you you finished a few of these. How many how many of these did you finish? Um, I finished four of them. So you finished four out of five death races. That's pretty incredible. Um, was there one that you know I guess meant more to you than another, or were they all pretty awesome? Uh, you know what. Um, it, it, I think the first one, I think the first one would definitely mean, um, everything because of the fact that, you know, here you are petrified, you know, like, a, a baby born giraffe, just being thrown into these woods and, um, you know, can I, can I run or not? And then once you establish that, yeah, wait a minute, maybe I do. It sounds vain when I say this, cause you know, I'm really trying to, I've really always kind of been like, I guess lucky is what I would say. Um, but the more I would do these events, the luckier I would get. Um, and I never want to sound like I'm being about it, but, you know, I felt at that time, you know, that maybe I do belong with this group. At the very beginning, I was just getting smoked. And then after a while, right. I was like, wait, maybe, maybe I do have a little bit of what it takes to be here kind of stuff. And then, you know, you kind of, the first one, maybe it was a fluke. So you want to come back and try it again to make sure that wasn't a fluke. And, you know, so you kind of kept coming back with that. And I mean, every one of them was perfect. It was, I mean, there were some insane things going on. Um, but it was, I mean, every one of them was great and yeah, I mean, it, it late at night, you're coming down blood route. If you're completely by yourself, you know, I, I can tell you countless times I would grab around my neck and, you know, hold my dad's ashes and look to the moon and, you know, we were good to go and we would, we would give it to hell. I mean, and there were, there were many times that it was just like, are you ready to rock? Here we go. And, you know, I, I had some really good conversations with my father on there. Um, so I mean, every, every one of those meant something to me. 
Your dad was with you every single step of the way. Oh, 100, 100 miles an hour. 100 miles an hour. That's um, awesome. Yeah, that's that's always been... And you... you. It's one of those things where I really hope that he was proud of me, that he would say, okay, you know, he... Yeah, you know what would he say today? Would he, you know, what do he say? Oh my God, that's just stupid as hell. What are you doing? Or what do he say? Oh my God, I can't believe you did that kind of stuff. You know, you it's one of those things. It's that thing you would never know, but you know, he was with me every time. So he was with you, and I'm sure, I'm sure he was proud of you because you fucking you fought your demons. And I mean, what more can a father want than for their son to be able to fight their own demons in such a way? Well, and then oh God knows. Like I remember Mexico when it was over, done with, and I hadn't told my mom. Said, "Do not go to Mexico. There's a cartel over there. They're going to shoot everybody." But, 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 I know there's a death race going into Mexico. Do not go. And so I did all I could to hide it from my mom. Right? And then, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I didn't. I never said a word. I didn't post anything. I kept it quiet. I told all my friends, everybody else, keep it. Do not say a word about this whatsoever. Because mom, there's nothing she can do to help me anyway. Right? Right. Right. And then. I remember I was completely, I was, it was the most screwed up thing. I was completely by myself. Um, afterwards we had finished, I had had the festival dinner and I'm kind of walking around, uh, what was considered to be Mark Jones playground. And I was kind of cruising out there, um, just by myself, just kind of reflecting back. And my damn phone goes off with a text message from my mom saying, I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, what just happened? So she knew, I mean, you know, she it was knew. Like, she knew. She had, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty fun that's pretty oh fun oh my god so um i like to ask this question of every guest uh because i think that there's two kind of camps maybe that exist um and it's kind of more of a theory than it is actually knowing this but you know i think that there's one camp of people that are born with courage and it's like innate and they're just able to just you know kind of do do things courageously because they just have it right and then i think on the other side the spectrum is the people who have to work at having courage and developing courage over time and through different trials and stuff, they get more and more courageous. Would you say you're part of the, the former or latter? Would you say that you kind of had courage your whole life or is it something that you worked at? And if you did have to work at it, like, how did you do that? <laughs> oh Lord. So my mom's favorite movie is the wizard of Oz. Okay. Um, and so she always uh, she always said that my my brother was the scarecrow with the brains. Um, my dad was the tin man with the heart. Uh, she was Dorothy, and she always said that I was the lion. <laughs> so you, you had it. You just you had that. Literally, just hit me just now that that's what she always said. Um, I think that um, honestly, that's been the that's been the the question of ages, right? Are you born with grit, or can you can Teach you it. learn? Yeah. Um, and this, I think that's up to every individual. I, God, you know, I I use I'm just not I've never been really that scared of a lot. Um, there's a couple of things that have messed me up in my head, and I thought, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Um, but no, I mean, she, my mom would usually have to talk me down a lot, if that makes sense. <laughs> talk you out of doing things, right? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, you're you're just you're you're there to do something. You're there to to, to test yourself. You're there to to go with it. Um, you know, I was shell shocked at the very beginning. Um, 
you know, here we are, it is cold as hell outside and, you know, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do and they're going to run us around and, and just beat us up. Um, but on the same note, you're sitting there going, okay, wait a minute. If, if I have to get, if I have to get in that water, I'm going to just get in the water. I mean, this is going to happen. They've done it before to people. I was really hoping like hell it was going to be frozen. It's not frozen. It is what it is. Um, in my head, I think that, okay, um, once you can get over the whole fear of dying, then you can get on with living. So let's, let's jump in the water. Let's see what happens. Um, I mean, I hate to say that I was born with courage or anything, but I, there's very few things that have ever scared me. That makes sense. It does. Um, it does. And I think it's courage. maybe it's actually stupidity. It might be. You I know, mean, they've, they've for a long time, they've always said, you know, sometimes it's the you know, curiosity it's the cat and all that yeah. stuff. There's a very thin line between those. You know, is it curiosity? Is it courage? Is it stupidity? Is it what is it? It's, it's a thin line. You know, I my mom a lot. Um, you know, you don't go do that race. Go do that. Don't, you're going to get hurt. You're going to you could die. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, you know what? You can die being faster. You can die being complacent on the couch. Uh, heart disease. You you know, walk into your mailbox, you could die. Um, you know, I was I was the kid who was building ramps and trying to jump his bike over tractors and stuff that I mean, we, I never made it, but I I would definitely be face first in the dirt somewhere. Um, <laughs> Uh, I can I can relate because I used to build a lot of ramps in the front of my house and my mom would not like it because I'd be jumping off them on my skates and you know trying to slide across some sort of pole that I fabricated with my dad and <laughs> just doing stupid shit. I uh, it's it's I've always just been you know whatever happens happens. I I got into a um I signed up to fight a mixed martial arts fight in uh, Louisiana and. Uh, Again, try to keep that for my mom. You know, when you've got kids, you'll realize that you're always going to be the parent. And my mom's always been going to be the parent no matter what. She's always going to be caring and concerned. Um, she reads a letter that I was writing to someone about I was fighting in Louisiana. I was going to fight in Louisiana. And sure enough, she's like, so I'm going to go to Louisiana with you. <laughs> like, damn it. So there she was, cage side, uh, watching me in the middle of. <laughs> oh. That was a. I won my fight too, by the way. I'll just go ahead and say that. Well, way, way to go. Yeah. So I. I, I <laughs> so I mean, yeah, you you had. I'd say you had a lot of courage as a kid, and you probably just you know that you you were able to roll with it. And then it sounds like a lot of the things that you did in life helped you develop all the different power, whether it was the MMA and just kind of doing a lot of scary things. You you already had a lot of that, so. Um, what kind of wisdom did you gain from your first dance with death or any of the following ones? I mean, what, what, what did you gain from that? What did you learn? I actually said this the other day. Um, I think that we're all born, um, with a lock on our, on our middle game. You know, we, you can't with a, lo with a lock on it. You said, yeah, I think that it. We're, we're born with a lock on it as far as you you know you cannot do that you cannot do this um and once you once you realize that there's a key and you can unlock it you can do everything you can do there's so many more things you can do that, that you don't realize it so the the wisdom that i've gotten from it would have been you know stop with all the negativity if if and you know I, i've got a gym and i teach people that all the time if you if you would just believe in yourself as much as i believe that you can do this then we can both watch you do it right now. And yeah. it's the same 
concept as far as stop with the whole negativity, get it out of your head and just move forward. It, it can be done. It's going to be done. Um, you know, no matter what, it can always be worse. Um, you know, what Helen Keller said, life's either a daring adventure or it's nothing at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, get out and do something. We, like I said, we all have a, we all have a date. We, we are all going to officially die. It's just going to happen. It's a fact. Do you want your story? Do you want to read someone else's story or do you want to create your own? Do you want someone reading your story and what story do you want them to read? You know, the ticket right there. What, what do you want to write in your story? What do you want your legend to be? I mean, it's, it's that simple. Um, Johnny Waite would always say that no matter what Tuesday's coming. It is Tuesday. Yep. That's it. That is it. I mean, and I see, I see a lot of people, you know, taking quotes from other people. Uh, Hell, I just did it. Um, but like I said, if you, if you haven't, you get out there and experience it and you'll realize, wait a minute, you know, this is, this is definitely a great chapter in my life. Let's write another one. Let's, you know, yeah. What do you want your story to be? Yeah, that that's that would be the wisdom. Um, it's, I think that's that's like the best wisdom you can get, and I think that's like you know, that's the big takeaway, right? It's it's you can do anything, you can achieve anything. You just have to go do it. It's funny because I remember talking with Don Devaney a while back, um, and and you know, we sat on the front steps of the gym and we were talking about obstacles racing and how. You know, it really is a metaphor for life. You know, you run up and here's this wall. And no matter what you do, the wall is going to be there. You just got to figure out a way to get over the wall. And yep. everything in life, you're going to have walls that happen. You know, and how do you react to that moment? Uh, are you just going to stand there and wait for someone to take the wall down, the race is over, and you can walk forward? Or are you going to find a damn way to get over the wall? And so it, it's the same concept with uh, with Death Race. It, was, it wasn't a wall, though. It was just... Jesus Christ. <laughs> Gotta get through this one task. If, if I can make two more steps, that's gonna be awesome. <laughs> that that is I had that happen. Yep. <laughs> and I'll say like I just want to breathe. I just want to breathe. <laughs> and it's if I get it is it is if I get this task done fast enough, do I get a break or there's no break for anyone? What do you do? Yeah. So, it is adapt, 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 mm-hmm. and move. Forward. Yeah, I mean that's like the whole event. It's just it's a lot of adaptation. It's it's overcoming the unknown. So, who were you before the death race? You know, and then who are you now after this death race? Has it like changed you, and how has it changed you? Oh man, um, it just that. I mean. Who was I before? I, I'm probably still the same insecure person that that uh, makes a lot of jokes in the hopes that everybody else will laugh with him versus at him. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm the Chevy dude running around wearing a, a Santa outfit on races, um, trying to make people smile and laugh. Um, it, there was not a lot of laughing at Death Race, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> No, there wasn't. No, there wasn't. But at all the other races we've seen you at, we've definitely laughed, uh, and it's definitely, definitely, well, with, it's definitely it's, with you. If it's not fun, and I said it left and right, if it's not fun, I'm done. Um, yeah. You know, I, I want to go out and I want to do you know the off course racing and just have fun with it and and cut up and you know 
if you can teach that mentality, that's, that's the trick is you can be, I mean, and I've seen some horses at death race that were just stacked. <clears throat> um, I can bench press you goes. That's a car, by the way. I don't know if you want to know about that. <laughs> so, some some uh, people may that, that are listening may have needed that. <laughs> I'll just say Volkswagen. How about that? Um, <laughs> but if you if you can't bring in the mental game, also, then I said it. I said it to someone a while back because um, they said, "Oh, I'm in better shape than you." And I was like, "Well, you know, it's always great to have a really nice car, but unless you put it on the track and you want to test it, you just got a pretty car seat in your garage, you know." And, and it's one of those things where do you, do I want to end up with a pretty car at the when I'm being buried, or do I want to have dents and dings and scars and scratches and everything else? So, you know, I'm here to burn my car up. Um, and it, if you don't have the middle game to be able to put with that car, then you're just going to have a pretty car sitting on the sidelines. If you the middle game to me is where it really is, and. It's so funny because a lot of times you're doing certain tasks during the during death race. You're you're just going, okay, I need to put some I need to put about 80% into this physically, put something in reserve, and then move forward. And then you know you've got to constantly put something in reserve. And you'll watch people blow out. If you don't know how to dial it in and push it, we need to push it. There's a, there's a lot of tricks to it like that. Um, otherwise you'll just blow your wad in the first, you know, eight, 12 hours doing you know five thousand burpees and then you're just going okay well that was great i did five thousand burpees i'm going home um if you you've got to keep a positive attitude guys don't always show you've got a positive attitude <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah you got to play the game so yeah. i'd say i'd say uh in summary you now have a car that has a lot more dings and a lot more scratches and a lot more stories <laughs> Oh, for sure. I, you just want the last one? Uh, the, the last death race, the summer death race? This past 2019? <laughs> I, well, no, I was helping with that one. I was talking about the... Um, oh, you're talking the, about the 2015, the, the like the, the, oh, the, the one before it went into retirement. We bang, yeah, we banged the car all up in there. It came in burning. And oh. I was uh, I was 403 coming in hot on that one. That was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's so funny because the fact that uh, Alzheimer's runs in my family and uh, people talk out left and right about it. it's not about the metal. It's not about this little stupid skull. And yet it is to me. And, I, and I've said that before in the past. Um, I really hope to God that when I'm sitting um, in the nursing home, you know, rocking on a chair, that someone will come up and hand me a death race bed or a skull. And it'll, it'll trigger a memory that I had with Tony Matisse in my face going, you're doing death race? Things like that. Because... You know, that's what your memory is. Yeah. I, I've got a pretty good memory right now, and I can remember a lot of stuff when I was, you know, five and six, which is really weird, I think. Um, but I really hope that, uh, you know, I can keep those memories with me as much as possible. And maybe having, you know, those little items here and there, that, that they'll bring back that little memory of, you know, oh my God, you know, I, I've got some, I've got an extended, amazing family out there that I really hope they, you know, they're thinking of me now or something like that. I mean, it, it's, it is. It's a. It's definitely uh, an interesting community, and and it's definitely one that it's there's a. And I told people, you know, I help uh, with hurricane heats now, and I told people that the other day that uh, there's a there's a amazing bond you you get with someone when you're suffering with them side by side, 
you learn a lot about yourself. But you also learn a lot about someone else and their character as well. Um, and so it's, it's just one of those times that you're, you're completely stripped raw. You're bare bone. And you know, that, that's where you, you find out what's going on. You know, yeah. deep inside and, and with yourself and everybody else. So. <laughs> Death Race takes us to some deep places and, and leaves us uh, much better people. So uh, would you go back and do the race again now that it's back and alive and well? You know, I've got some injuries going on. Um, I had something that was on the radar that I was looking at doing, and um, I screwed up my knee pretty good. I've got some other issues going on. Um, if I could dial things down and get back to where I felt comfortable, then probably so. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I still participate in some other endurance events uh, around. Um, and really, I don't know. I mean, really, I go to some of the other ones just to hang out with some of those people. Right, you know? right. Um, it's that community. That community and, keeps bringing yeah, us back. Yeah. And it, it really comes down to, you know, who do you know who's still going to it uh, from the old school people? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not bashing the new, uh, the new generation. Um, but it, I don't, I don't want to go there and everybody go, oh, there's that guy, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Then, if you don't live up to that, then. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's nice to kind of be like, I've already got my four skulls. I'm good. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's where that's you're at, you know, but. With Mark Webb, you know, it was just like, I'm going to keep my eyes on Mark Webb. And when he took off, it was like, damn it, man, that that's legit. He's gone. <laughs> and he was. <laughs> It was six degrees, and he was doing laps up and down to Shrek's with shorts on. And I yeah. thought, man, you know what? I, that's when I started going, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here or not. This, <laughs> I, thought, I thought I did good and cold, but damn. <laughs> but clearly, you were meant to be there. You got yourself four skulls. You got yourself some incredible stories. Hopefully, you'll find yeah. yourself going there again because after you get these injuries taken care of. Because I think... You could definitely have some more fun out there. I definitely think you could make some more friends um, from the people I've talked to who have done it recently. They sound like they have the same attitude that we all did, and everyone's kind of out there trying to just be better versions of themselves. So, um, you know, I like to ask this question of everyone uh, because I like books a lot and I like to share books. Do you have any? Do you read any books? Um, and are there any books that maybe you would suggest that people could read to help prepare for the death race? Oh, um, you know what? Uh, I really don't read a lot of books. I do audio, uh, Audible. That's fine. I, I do lots of Audible too. What are what are some books that you listen to? <laughs> so, th- this is how is, and I'm sure you know of this book, right? This is uh, how. Who's that by? Ah man, if you hadn't asked me that, this was a Johnny Wait special book. Ooh, uh, Wait. Okay. It was. Um, I'll look it, it up. Go ahead and talk about the book. It is a phenomenal book, and it's just all about you know how to how to overachieve things that are going on, or how to deal with things that are going on. Um, you know, it starts off at the very beginning about um, uh, what they're on the elevator and someone's smiling, or somebody says something about smile, and and I'm I'm notorious about telling people to smile, but the first thing they say is you know wipe that smile off your face, and um, it progresses on to you know how to kill yourself, and. What that really means is you know, before you go all the way and actually do commit suicide, 
delete everything you are right now and move somewhere, move to Pittsville, Vermont versus, and just recreate yourself there. And it's, it's a really good book that'll, that'll kind of dial in a little bit of your mental game as well. As, as I've, I've listened to it a couple of times, uh, his, his last name starts with a B. I got it. It's Augustin Burroughs. There it is. There it is. This yes. is, this is how by Augustin Burroughs. You've Take never read this. I actually haven't read this one, and surprisingly, it's not on my list of Johnny books because I have a really extensive list of Johnny books. Um, oh, so uh, we never talked about this one somehow, but I'm adding it to the list of Johnny books, and I will be reading it and reviewing it at some point. Uh, <laughs> well, that sounds like a great book for 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 the listeners to take a look at. Um, I'll post it in the show notes so that way you can can find a link to it. Um, is there anything next for you? Just trying to take care of these injuries right now. Um. Yeah, I I was asked to be a partner in a race uh, coming up. I think it's April, but uh, I don't know if I can. What it is right now, I've got a torn meniscus and some uh, something I've heard of a long time ago. And I thought, oh, that that doesn't really sound that bad. Everybody's complaining about it, but it's called plantar fasciitis. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, <laughs> it takes many many runners in the feet. Yes, I have, I have never dealt with such a, such an animal. Um, you know, and you have to really get up and stretch. You have to stretch before you get up. Um, yeah. You can't walk anywhere barefoot. And I'm working on uh, fixing that also at the same time, um, which really kind of, I mean, once your legs are taken out, it's like mixed martial arts. Once your legs are taken out of the game, you know, the tree's down for a little while. So it takes a while. Yeah. I've been fighting some things. So, um, yeah, I mean, let me, let me get things back in order and let me see. I mean, by all means, I love going to other, I mean, they brought me up to, uh, to help with uh, the resurrection, which, like I said, that was just being there. It's being there on either side of the fence is Pittsville, Vermont, home of 12 people. It's a great place. <laughs> it's I mean, an amazing place. It's it truly amazing. Um, Matt, thank you so much for being with us on the show. Uh, hey, if pleasure. you want, take a moment to, to share some of the places that people can follow you, some of the events that you hold. You know, this is your chance to kind of share all that with the so, crowd. Um, <laughs> so so we yeah we do an event down in uh middle georgia um it's called the uh the gauntlet endurance event uh endurance race and basically it's a 30 plus hour event there that um it, basically we're trying to instill the same kind of you know fun punishment or what you said punishment uh pancation yes. i think yes, both pan- of those are your term right? uh the punishment punish- i think, think punishment might have been like a darren original or someone in that that realm and then the, the pancation i think was was one of mine I, I i think i heard you say that in nicaragua so i think i heard i think, I think that <laughs> might have been i think, I think that might have been where so, i coined it <laughs> so the, um yeah we do we do that event and it's it's just kind of our way of giving back also um 30 plus hour event uh several tasks that go along the way you don't ever know what's going on and it's always a different event every time we've this will be the 10th one we've done um and it'll be labor day weekend the next one's coming up you can find it at uh the gauntlet endurance race.com um we've got that page we've got um on instagram is also gauntlet endurance race or on facebook you can just look for the gauntlet um and check those out from there they uh we've got um a really amazing team of people who have uh, put in some stuff to uh, the resume there is pretty good. Yeah. And Andy Hardy helps out with that too. So that's yeah. a good, that's a good, as well. it's a great group of people running that event. So if you're looking for, for 
you know, some other events to do and participate in, maybe to train for the death race or just to, to keep the, the ball rolling, check out the gauntlet in Georgia. Um, and, and then you have a gym down there where you train people and you have some seminars. Uh, sure. Where's the for people that are in Georgia, if you want to go check out Match Gym, you can go check them out. Sure. It's, it's in Macon, Georgia. It's called The Compound. Yep. The Compound in Macon, Georgia. Just drop in and say, hey, uh, I want to find that death racer guy. And uh, <laughs> they'll, point you, they'll point you right to him. Yeah, we typically hold a, a seminar for endurance racing. Um, it's usually right around Fourth uh, of July, is around my birthday time. We might back it up a little bit. We kind of flex it out a little bit compared to where other events are in the realm. So, um, and it's it's not a it's not a beat down by any means, but you know we just sit you around for 24 hours and uh, go over a lot of things. We can be tasked to do. There is some downtime, and I heard that the chicken that I cook is pretty decent too. So, we'll Sounds- see what happens. Sounds like a great experience. <laughs> Sounds like a That's good time. On the Christmas tree farm. That's exactly what we hold. That's on the Christmas tree farm. So, um, yeah, well, I doubt you'll come out and check it out. And if you have any questions, let me know. All right. Well, you know, you can check out Matt. We'll put all of this in the show notes so that way you can easily find it. Um, thanks again, Matt, for being on the show. And I to everyone. So much for saying you're doing Death Race. <laughs> you're welcome hey <laughs> you know what i think that might have been the fuel you needed to get through it so damn it man that's still <laughs> whatever that's still whatever it takes whatever it takes um to all the listeners thank you for listening stay tuned for more legends from past death racers don't forget to subscribe to the podcast just a quick reminder my legend the legend of the death race book is coming out soon if you haven't already go to the legend of the death race website at legendofthedeathrace.com click on the banner for the pre-order and sign up to get on our mailing list and you'll be the first to know when the book is released thank you again for tuning in if you'd like to stay up to date on my current adventures and training you can follow me on instagram or facebook just search the handle at that endurance guy or visit thatenduranceguy.com. we'll see you next time on the legend of the death race podcast now go create your own legend